Hey, what is going on, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and in this episode, we're talking about a tough series loss to the Braves. All right, and welcome back, Mets fans, to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. Like I just said, I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So welcome back to another series recap and review episode. Yesterday, the Mets finished off being handed a brutal series sweep from the Atlanta Braves, effectively ending their hopes at winning the National League East Division title. I mean, this was just, as I'm going to get into, this was just a, a really terrible, terrible series. A, a Just hard to watch, hard to fathom, um, considering the, the way the Mets had set themselves up, the opportunities, and, you know, really the advantages that the Mets had. It, it was just really, really hard to watch, and so we're going to get into all of that. In the first half, I'm going to break down each game looking at the pitching and hitting performances as usual, and then in the second half, I want to look at the aftermath of this series loss. I want to look at where the Mets stand right now, what is going to happen, you know, in this next week or so, and if I can pull any possible silver linings from this really depressing weekend so you know I'm really I don't know if I'm excited to get into all of this but you know let's get started with game one the Mets lost the first game of this series five to two on the mound for the Mets was Jacob deGrom and you know just starting right here with the pitching Jacob deGrom I don't know, you know, looking at the rest of the starters for the series, DeGrom really had the best outing of all of them. He pitched six innings, gave up five hits, three runs, all coming on three solo shot home runs, and he had no walks and 11 strikeouts. You know, honestly, in the moment, it was a, a frustrating performance from DeGrom just because of the fact that, you know, it was a very close game and the three solo shots that he gave up were both at inopportune times, you know, two of them coming in the second inning back-to-back from Austin Riley and Matt Olson, and at that point, it was right after the Mets had a one nothing lead, so the lead was immediately given up, and then later, he gave up a solo shot to Dansby Swanson in the sixth inning, which put the Mets down by two, but as I'm going to talk about with the, the offense, this was, the frustrations with DeGrom was more on the offense and less on him, and it was more, you know, the frustrating part for DeGrom was that he gave up runs at all, because the offense was doing absolutely nothing, but, you know, if you really just take a step back, and now this is, you know, four days after, after watching this outing from DeGrom, he really did have a nice outing, and, and did, you know, well, was he perfect? No, he gave up three runs, and they all were home runs, but, you know, he gave up three solo home runs. It wasn't that there were guys on. You know, he was able to strike out 11 Braves, and he pitched six innings, which is better than either of the Mets' other two starters can say. So, you know, overall, I mean, DeGrom wasn't great, but he was far from bad. And I think overall, you know, if you're looking at it just on its own, he had a nice outing. But with the the importance of this series, the Mets really needed him to go out there and be perfect, and unfortunately, he was not. And behind Jacob DeGrom, the bullpen was all right. Tyler McGill came in, and he only pitched two-thirds of an inning, giving up three hits and two earned runs in the process. Trevor May came in after that to finish off the seventh inning. 
he pitched a third of an inning and got out of that inning with one strikeout. So nice job by him to get out of that inning. And, you know, it was with a runner on. So he was able to ensure that there was no more damage in that inning. But at that point, the Mets were down 5-1. to one, So it was, you know, looking very bleak. Joely Rodriguez came in and he pitched a nice inning. One inning of no hits or runs allowed. No walks either, which is nice. And, you know, got out of that inning on 12, on 12 pitches. So really nice job by Joely there. And you know the bullpen obviously McGill did not have a great outing but a nice job by May and Rodriguez the pitching staff overall just all right I mean and that is sort of the the theme of this series is that the Mets played just all right you know turning to the offense as I was talking about with DeGrom I mean the offense just wasn't there they had eight hits but two for six with runners in scoring position which honestly isn't horrendous um but two for six with runners in scoring position leaving six guys on base I mean the Mets just weren't scoring and that was the theme throughout this entire series was not being able to drive home runs and they had plenty of opportunities to do so they just couldn't get guys home the top performers in this game will be Jeff McNeil who had an amazing series he went two for four in this game scoring a run that run came from Luis Guillorme who went one for two and drove him home giving the Mets the lead in the second inning which was the last lead they would see in this game Eduardo Escobar also went two for three and had a walk, which was nice. And Tomas Nito went one for three, crushing a homer in the eighth inning. Somewhat meaningless, but, you know, made the score not look as bad. But, you know, nice to see Nito showing off some power. You know, if he can, you know, he's had a really nice month of September, and hopefully he can continue that into the postseason. But overall, I mean, the Mets did not get much going against Max Fried, who ended up leaving this game early. So, you know, the Mets did have an opportunity to take advantage of the bullpen being forced to pitch more than they were expected to, but they just couldn't. In the ninth inning, actually, the Mets got something going with a, a canna hit by pitch, a McNeil single, and an Escobar walk. The Mets had three runners on. Bases loaded with one out, but Alvarez and Naquin struck out. You know, the tying runs were on. The the winning run was at the plate, but the Mets couldn't get anything home there. But, you know, that, that wasn't, you know, obviously that was frustrating, and it would have been ideal for them to have at least done something with that opportunity. But, you know, like I mentioned, they had a couple of chances throughout this game. They also had a, a slew of innings, you know, the fourth, fifth, and sixth, or the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, where the Mets didn't do anything, and they just went down one, two, three, and that's unacceptable in a big game like this. The Mets needed to come out playing with fire, and it was clear from the get-go that it was the Braves who were out there playing fired up, and the Mets were the ones who were sort of on their heels and sort of, you know, uh, caught sleeping a little bit, but you know, turning to game two, you could say, okay, the Mets lost one. You know, as I talked about last episode, the Mets needed to really just win one game in the series, and two games puts the Mets in an excellent position to win the division. But in game two, they lost this game four to two, and with Max Scherzer on the mound backing up after DeGrom, you know, it's okay. Scherzer's going back out there on Saturday, but Scherzer had a, a worse game than DeGrom did. He only pitched five and two thirds innings, he gave up nine hits, four earned runs. He had four strikeouts, only four strikeouts, and he gave up two homers. His his runs that he gave up, he gave up a single in the fourth inning, an RBI single, which tied the game for the Braves. 
In the fifth inning, Dansby Swanson hit a two-run go-ahead home run, which gave the Braves the lead, and they never looked back after that. And later in the sixth inning, Matt Olson hit a home run, putting the Mets down 4-2. to two. All of those runs came off of Scherzer, and it was frustrating because Scherzer is a guy who his, his whole mantra is playing and stepping up in the big games. But in this game, you know, after the Mets already lost the first one, you were really hoping for Scherzer to go out there and shut down the Braves, and he just didn't. Now, granted, same thing I'm going to say uh, for Scherzer as I did with DeGrom, four runs is not being blown out. But, I mean, again, the Mets offense just did not provide that kind of fire, and the Mets really needed Scherzer to be perfect in the same way that they needed DeGrom to be perfect. And even though neither of them, you know, gave up like 10 runs or anything. They gave up enough that with the way this offense was playing, they couldn't overcome the deficit. On the bright side in this game, the Mets' bullpen did look really good. Seth Lugo pitched, finished off that sixth inning for Scherzer, pitched a third of an inning and was able to get out of it. Adam Anavino pitched an inning. He gave up one hit but was able to get a strikeout and get out of there as well. David Peterson and Drew Smith combined in the eighth inning. Peterson pitched two-thirds of an inning. He gave up a hit and had two strikeouts. And then Drew Smith came in, pitching one-third of an inning and recording a strikeout. So, you know, nice job by the bullpen in this game. Whereas in the first game of this series, when DeGrom left the game, the bullpen gave up runs, putting the Mets out of it, basically. In this second game of the series, when Scherzer left, you know, with a deficit, same as DeGrom, the bullpen really locked in and did a nice job holding the the Braves lead to just two runs for the next you know couple of innings but you know that takes me to the offense which once again just did not have it and you know same as the first game only put up two runs in this game and I mean it's hard to really lay this fully on the pitching and I mean the pitching hasn't wasn't great in the series but I mean the hitting was non-existent and you know as much as the Mets were in these games I mean these were close games it just felt like any deficit at all the Mets were fully out and the game was over on the bright side, the Mets did have a lot of guys step up and, and have some big games, although the bottom of the Mets order did absolutely nothing in this game. But at the top of the order, you had Brandon Nimmo go two for four, Pete Alonso one for three with a walk, Francisco Lindor two for four, Jeff McNeil two for four driving in a run, Eduardo Escobar went 0 for four, but he did drive in a run with a ground out in the first inning, and Daniel Vogelback went one for two, which you like to see. But like I said, everyone else from there, Francisco Alvarez, Mar- Mark Canna, Tyler Naquin, Tomas Nito, Luis Guillorme, all of them went over. Um, the Mets scoring started in the first inning. They had a perfect opportunity. Nimmo singled. Alonzo walked. After a Lindor strikeout, McNeil singled. So you had bases loaded, one out. Escobar grounded out, which only scored one run, and then Vogelback rounded out. So, you know, despite a perfect bases-loaded one-out scenario, the Mets were only able to get one run home. The Mets didn't do anything in the second, third, or fourth innings, but after losing the lead in the bottom of the fourth, a tie 1-1 game, two out singles from Alonzo and Lindor, put a runner in scoring position, and Jeff McNeil came through with a two-out single scoring a run. I mean, you can't expect a lot there, obviously, with two outs, but Lindor moving the third, Escobar then grounded out, and the Mets were only able to get one run out of that situation, and unfortunately, as I said, 
Max Scherzer gave up then the the go-ahead home run in the bottom half of that inning. And after that, the Mets really didn't do too much. I mean, they got a couple guys on here and there, but especially in the, the top of the ninth, Kenley Jansen back in the game. They had just seen him the, the day before, and they had gotten some guys on against him in that first game. But Mets went down 1-2-3 in this final inning, and you know it was just really frustrating. And like I said, the bottom half of the order did absolutely nothing, and despite you know some good hitting from the top half of the order, it just wasn't enough. And that takes us into Game Three of this series. And yeah, like I said, the Mets had a chance. You know, they lost the first two games. They lost to Grom and Scherzer. It stunk. It really did stink, and it felt like this was not going the 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 Mets way at all. But it was, you know, there's still that that thought of, hey, we just need to win one to grab this season series and to grab this tiebreaker over the Braves and from there you know the Mets play the Nationals Braves play the Marlins you know you need a little bit of help but you're in a really good position there and the Mets were not able to get this win they lost five to three the most runs the Mets scored in this series on the mound for the Mets was Chris Bassett and he had the worst start of the three he only went two and two-thirds innings he gave up three hits four runs he had three walks just two strikeouts and he gave up a home run to Dansby Swanson Swanson homer in all three games of this series that home run came in the first inning so the Mets were down one nothing early but they battled back in the second and third innings but in the third and this is where Bassett really struggled despite having a two-run lead he gave up a single and a walk to start out the inning and then after getting two outs hit Austin Riley with a pitch walked in a run and then gave up a two-run single which put the Mets down four to three and that was sort of it the the Mets fell behind after that and once they were down four to three I mean they they were never able to overcome it and like I said earlier it felt as though as soon in any of these games as soon as the Mets went down a run and were behind that you know the game was effectively over and in this case it was the game was effectively over after that third inning after Chris Bassett, the bullpen started working, having to cover five and a third innings, and they did an amazing job. Trevor May came in. He pitched one and a third innings, gave up no runs, no hits, no walks, and had two strikeouts, so you love seeing that. Then Seth Lugo came in. He pitched two innings. He did give up a hit and a run, but he did have two strikeouts as well. He gave up a home run to Matt Olson in the sixth inning. Bit questionable seeing uh, Lugo go back out there for the second inning, but the Mets needed their best guys to cover a lot of innings, and I, I didn't mind the move, but you know, like I said, it just felt like the Mets were already out of it, and as soon as he gave up that home run in the sixth inning, it really felt like this game was over. Drew Smith then came in in the seventh inning after Lugo finished off the sixth. He had a bit of a tough outing. He, he gave up a single and a walk, but that was sandwiched around a strikeout that he had, but Buck Showalter opted to take him out after just a third of an inning pitched, going to Joely Rodriguez, who pitched a full inning, giving up no hits, runs, walks, and having two strikeouts. So a really nice series overall from Joely Rodriguez, who is definitely fighting for that bullpen lefty postseason spot. And it'll be interesting to see if his performance in this high-leverage series, you know, plays in the construction of the postseason roster. And then Edwin Diaz came in 
after Joely Rodriguez to finish off the eighth inning. He pitched two-thirds of an inning, came in only through four pitches. One of them was a first-pitch lineout, and then the other three contributed to the one strikeout he had in this game. So a really nice job there, and a really nice job by the bullpen. Turning to the offense, the Mets did a decent job. I mean, like I said, this was the most runs they scored in the series. They had 11 hits. They out-hit the Braves 11-5. to uh, they had a bunch of contributors. Jeff McNeil had a huge, huge game, the biggest game from the Mets and the biggest series from the Mets. He went 3-for-5, driving in a run with a solo shot in the third inning. Eduardo Escobar also went 2-for-4. Daniel Vogelback went 2-for-4, driving in two runs, including a solo shot home run that came in the second inning. And Mark Hanna went 2-for-4, which was really nice to see as well. The Mets' scoring started, like I said, with Vogelback in the second inning, crushing a home run to tie the game right back up after Dansby Swanson had hit his homer in the bottom of the first. Then in the third inning, you know, the game still tied. McNeil led off the inning with the home run, giving the Mets the lead. And two singles later, you know, two no-out singles, Daniel Vogelback came, hitting a single and driving home another run. But the Mets weren't able to take advantage with two runners on and nobody out. A pop-out, a strikeout, and a ground-out ended the Mets' hopes of adding on more, which ultimately proved to be really, really costly. As, like I said, Chris Bassett gave up the lead in the bottom of the third, putting the Braves ahead there. And after that, the Mets, again, really didn't do much on offense. And, you know, they had chances throughout the game. They were able to get runners on in the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th innings, but they weren't able to get anyone home. I mean, despite a two-run deficit, that's it, two runs, it just felt like they were never going to be able to come back, and they didn't. It was a really depressing end to a really tough series, and the Mets ended up getting swept, putting them now two games behind the Braves in the division, with the Braves having the tiebreaker, and effectively, you know, with the magic number for the Braves being one, giving the Braves their fifth division win of the NL East in five years, so... You know, this final game was just an extremely, extremely frustrating way to end this series. I mean, again, all three of these games were close, which I think makes it worse. It's not like, you know, you could say in any of these games, oh, well, it's over. You know, you had to watch until the very end because, hey, maybe, you know, they get a little rally going and they're able to come back. But I don't know. Like I said, it just felt like they were never ever going to be able to do that in any of these games because it felt like the energy and the momentum was just all with the Braves. So now that I've gone over these three games, I kind of want to dive into this series as a whole, look at it as a whole, and look at if I can find maybe possibly a silver lining to pull from this series. So, I mean, first things first, this was not the episode that I was hoping to make nor expecting to make. I mean, I really thought heading into that series with the pitching the Mets had lined up, DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett, and with the energy the Mets had from that walk-off with Eduardo Escobar having that huge game on Wednesday against the Marlins and and the, then the Nationals walking the Braves off, the Mets getting a, a one-game lead. I just felt like, you know, with all of that working for them, all of these advantages, all of these opportunities, the Mets winning just one game in the series, which is all they would have needed to to win the, the season series and win the tiebreaker over the Braves, I thought that was almost a given, and maybe I shouldn't have gone in with that sort of confidence, but I thought, hey, they, they have 98 wins, they have played hard against the Braves all season, and they have their best guys going, and I thought that 
they'd win at least one. But basically, nobody showed up to play for the Mets in this series. You know, I do want to shout out Jeff McNeil, who just had a huge series in Atlanta, going 7 for 13 with a home run, two runs scored, and two runs batted in. Just a huge series for McNeil, who really was all of the Mets' offense in this series. I mean, there were guys getting hits. Like I said, they had 11 hits in this last game, but he was the only guy consistently going up there, putting together good at-bats, and, and you know, the only guy you felt like he could get a hit in a clutch situation. And, you know, a lot of the other guys, basically all of the other guys, did not bring that energy to the plate or inspire that kind of confidence in me as a fan. And I also think the bullpen, like I said, generally looked good in this series. They pitched 10 and a third innings pitched, gave up three earned runs, and, you know, against a Braves lineup that made the Mets' three aces look, you know, shaky and not that good, for the bullpen to go out there and pitch the way they did was huge. And they kept the Mets in every single one of these games. Maybe not the first one, but at least the the last two. The Mets bullpen really kept these games close. But overall, I think you could just tell, though, that the Mets weren't out there playing with the same energy as the Braves. The Braves looked like they were on a mission. They knew what they needed to do. They were crushing homers. They were crushing extra base hits. They were pitching well against the Mets. They were making the plays they needed to do in the field. And, you know, overall, it just felt like all the momentum was with the Braves. And maybe it was the home field advantage. I mean, it was a pretty electric atmosphere there in Atlanta. But, you know, I I think overall, it was the Braves were the ones there playing in a big series, and they knew how to handle the pressure, and they did. And overall, I think, you know, going off of that, I think playoff experience played the biggest role in this series. The Braves have tons of playoff experience recently, especially with the guys on this team. Obviously, they won the World Series last season, and a lot of the players who were on that team are still on the team this year. They're now on the verge, you know, like I said, magic number one. They're now on the verge of winning their fifth straight NL East title. So, all of these guys on this team, a lot of these guys on this team know what it's like to win, know what it's like to play in these high leverage pressure pack situation. And like I talked about last episode, this was the Mets first big test. You know, a lot of, a lot of these guys, a lot of the Mets major contributors have never seen postseason baseball before, never felt that pressure, never felt the pressure of, you know, big losses that have monumental impacts and big wins that have monumental impacts. And, you know, I think that watching the Mets out there, they just looked like they were outmatched and it looked like they weren't prepared or I don't prepared is a bad word, but I think they just weren't, you know, up for that big spot. And they just did not seem to be playing with the kind of energy that the Braves were. But I think that this taste of what a postseason series and postseason pressure is like might be the silver lining that you can take from this really really tough series lost so when you lose a postseason series and and this is going to be very obvious but you know stick with me for this this you know train of thought and argument in that when you lose a postseason series you have to wait an entire year to try and get back there and redeem yourself you know and win in the postseason You have to go through the rest of the postseason watching the other teams, the teams who beat you, the teams that are in the postseason fight it out for a World Series championship. You have to go through an offseason where players come and go from the team. You know, you lose guys. You have to re-sign guys or sign guys in free agency or guys leave and go somewhere else. Trades happen. It's crazy. 
You go through spring training, you know, a whole month and a half of, of playing warm-up games to get ready for the season. And this is all before the season, all before you play a single regular season game where you need to be good enough for 162 games to even get back into the postseason before you can go and try and redeem yourself. But for the Mets, they find themselves in a completely different situation because they fell short of their goals in this series, the same way you you know you fall short of your goals in a postseason series. But the Mets get another shot at a postseason series in five days. They're going to get another shot at redeeming themselves on Friday, you know, I'm assuming, unless something crazy happens, on Friday in a wild card series. And you know, that is a luxury that pretty much no team has, you know, going from losing a postseason series, effectively a postseason series. I mean, with the big stakes and against a rival team and a packed stadium with a crazy atmosphere, immense pressure, this series against the Braves was basically a postseason series. And even though it wasn't because of the energy and, and the media surrounding the series, it felt like one. But you know, Mets losing and the Mets getting swept in the series did not knock them out for the next year and did not knock them out, you know, and for them to have to go and reset over a year's process to get back to this point. They're going to get another chance. And what I'm really hoping is that they use this lost series, this swept series, this embarrassment and pain and frustration, and they use that as a jumping off point to look back on and say, what can we do better? You know, why didn't the Mets have the same amount of production offensively as the Braves did? Why didn't the pitching, you know, prove as effective as, you know, you'd expect from a DeGrom and a Scherzer and a Bassett? You know, how did the Mets fail to capitalize on facing the Braves' bullpen for three straight days? You know, Freed left the game after the fifth inning. Kyle Wright only made it through five innings. And, you know, while Morton was having a pretty decent game against the Mets after, you know, the first couple of innings, he only went four and a third. So the Mets saw the Braves bullpen, you know, just as much as the, the Braves saw the Mets bullpen. So, you know, why weren't the Mets able to get it going against the Braves bullpen? I think that all of that, which I'm sure the Mets will be looking back on, plus looking back at how the Mets responded to this pressure and this atmosphere, it gives the Mets a perfect opportunity to say, okay, that was a good test run and we didn't play well. So we can now take that into this Friday's game, you know, which will be against potentially the, the Padres or the Phillies, you know, depending on how things shake out, you know, they can take that and, and, learn from it and I think especially with a lot of the guys who haven't been into in, in the postseason you know like Pete Alonso who didn't really have a great couple of games in this series you know I think these guys can take all of that and, and use it to grow and use it to their advantage in this this upcoming wild card weekend which unfortunately the Mets are going to be playing in but I think maybe you can use this failed postseason test run to your advantage by building off of that. And that's something that not a lot of teams get. Not a lot of teams get a chance to simulate a postseason atmosphere before they even get there. And now that the Mets did, they can go through and learn and better themselves. So, you know, it may not be much. It may not be what we wanted from this series. Definitely not what we wanted from this series. We were obviously hoping for, you know, a couple of Mets wins. The Mets being able to take advantage of the advantage that they have in or had in the season series against the Braves and, you know, were would be able to hopefully clinch the division soon. But 
you know, since it didn't happen, I think, you know, as much as I was so frustrated by the series, I think that there are some maybe very minuscule positives you can take away from it. Now, looking at the Mets' final regular season series, obviously, you know, there's still technically a chance for the Mets to win the, the NL East, but, you know, at this point, it's about, you know, getting right, making sure the Mets are playing good ball to finish off the season because you, you really don't want to have to go in there or go into the postseason playing, you know, ineffective baseball. But the Mets have a three-game set against the Washington Nationals beginning tonight, you know, weather permitting. On the mound for the Mets will be Carlos Carrasco going up against Corey Abbott, who is 0-4 with a 5-1-1 ERA. Then tomorrow night, again, weather permitting, it will be Taiwan Walker going up against Paolo Espino, who is 0-8 with a 4-3-0 ERA. And then finally, on Wednesday afternoon, the Mets haven't announced who will start. I know DeGrom was lined up, but obviously, since they're probably going to have to play on Friday, that likely won't be the case. So it'll be interesting to see who the Mets slot in there. Maybe Trevor Williams. But whoever will be pitching for the Mets will be going up against Eric Fetty, who is 6-12 with a 5-2-7 ERA. Like I just said, the Mets just need to take this series and finish the season strong. Obviously, I mean, in a, in a crazy world, Miami could sweep the Braves and, and the Mets could sweep the Nationals, and suddenly the Mets are NL East champions. But, you know, that's a very, very not likely scenario. So, you know, obviously the Mets aren't playing for anything, you know, specific now, but you know, you want to play and, and get back on track. This was a tough series, and this was a, an embarrassing series loss. So the Mets need to make sure they're playing their best ball because they the, the games that really, truly count are going to start on Friday. So the Mets need to get it together and have a strong final series against the Nationals this week. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.